There is no guarantee for success, but there are ways to get closer to it when you do the right things. Who you surround yourself with is just as important as what you do. Finding the right people, the right classes, the right activities, and taking the right tests are all decisions that shape your future. Find out more today on Destination University with Dr. Cynthia Colon. Dr. Colon and her guests will give you the tips you need, whether you're a student, parent, or educator. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon. Welcome to Destination University. We're running a special series, 30 Teens and 30 Dreams. And if you are a college-bound teen or a champion of one, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. We are in our fourth episode of a four-part mini-series within our series, where we talk to Jonna. Jonna has given us all the dish and the truth about where she applied, her journey of ups and downs along her senior year, what she did to stand out, and now today, the culmination of where she will attend. You now know Jonna has been admitted to Princeton, to Cornell, to UPenn, to Barnard College, University of Virginia, and so many more options. She has more acceptances than denials. And today she's gonna to walk us through her discernment process and tell us what comes next for Jonna. Before we jump into Jonna, I just want to give a big shout out to our friends over at bigfuture.org. Bigfuture.org is in collaboration with collegeboard.org. And there you can go. It's free. It's a mobile-friendly app. And you can get your personal guide on the college admission process. At bigfuture.org, you can explore your careers, plan for college, and learn how to pay for college. It's a tool I use often for my private clients and also for those students who are in Dream College Academy. We teach them how to use the Big Future tool to look for majors and to come up with a list of colleges that's appropriate for them. So head on over to bigfuture.org, set up your account for free, and get started. Okay, Jonna, I didn't reveal anything on this card. I want it to really come from you. So are you ready to share with the world where you're headed to college? Yes, most definitely. All right. So here we go. Oh my goodness. Okay. So in our last episode, we, we know all of the schools that you were admitted to, not just the ones I just listed, but now it's April or come, you know, we come to April, you now know where you've been admitted. And so you and your mom have to sit down and decide what to do next and how to make that choice. So what did April look like for you? Go ahead. So April was, um, a really intense month there was a lot of traveling um and getting to know all the schools very well um and so I had lots of obviously I had lots of schools to choose from and so I really um took my time and gave all of the schools um active consideration which ones did you um go and actually visit now <clears throat> I might just inject here that this process is not inexpensive. Uh, Jonna's family is, is on that border of, you know, just being exactly middle-class. Uh, I don't think I'm sharing anything that's, you know, a secret. Um, and which meant that, right, Jonna, you didn't qu qualify for fee waivers and things like that. So there's fees to, to, to apply to each college. And then now in order to really make a good choice, you had to then um, travel. So uh, tell us where you traveled, 
which schools you actually visited in person, starting with uh, UVA. So UVA um, flew me out for one of their like scholarship opportunities. And so that was right before April 1st at the end of March. And so I spent about three days, um, two days, two or three days um, in Virginia. And um, I got to look around the campus. There was a lot of programming. It was a student, it was an event for all black students. And so um, going to a college campus really helps change your perspective about the school. Um, I would say I was nervous a little bit about UVA because it's in Charlottesville. And so I didn't know what to expect or I had my preconceived notions, but going on campus really does transform your um, idea of the school. And you were there to uh, interview for a major scholarship. And so you were there amongst very um, highly qualified applicants who have been also had been admitted. And so that also probably boosted your confidence just before hearing from the Ivies as well. And then once you were admitted, um, there were four school, four additional schools that you visited in April. So um, tell us about each one and what your gut, you know, what, what you loved about each one um, and what was your gut reaction? So then after I visited um, Barnard, uh, University of Pennsylvania and then Princeton. And so they're all an hour away from each other. And also, I think I should make clear, at the beginning of this process, I wanted to go to school in a, um, a big city because I wanted to have access to local government um, and, you know, what other nonprofits and things there are. So I know that there's abundance of that in big cities. Um, I wanted, um, a, obviously, strong academics, good political science program, uh, research opportunities, and then also community. So maybe interfaith communities or Christian communities. I wanted a, a school with a strong black community. And so those were the things that were most important to me, obviously, and also financial aid. Um, can't forget about that. Um, so I first visited Barnard. That was my first time in New York City. And yes, this is a very expensive process. And so I was very um, glad that my family got to have this opportunity. But I visited um, Barnard and you, New York City is an amazing city. It's 10 times bigger in, than Chicago. Um, and Barnard is really great. Um, I just, when I think when I left, um, I really liked Barnard. That's why I applied. But I also think I liked Columbia a lot. And it felt, I know that you have access to a lot of the things at Columbia, but um, it felt to me that you would have to extend yourself a little bit um, to get access to those things. And then um, also, just side by side comparison. I think I liked the programs at um, at other schools a little better, and then New York was also a lot to handle. So that was that. Um, and so then, sorry. Yeah, and then, no, I, I just want to say because I love Barnard because I worked there for while I was at doing my master's degree at, uh, to, across the way, and it is it's a lot. It's overwhelming. So, yes. Okay, be careful what you asked for, right? You wanted big city. I know. <laughs> yeah, New York is, like, it's a lot. So, um, then I went to Philadelphia, also my first time um, in Philly, and I loved Penn. Um, great school, obviously, but all the programming that they have, the opportunities really seem limitless. Um, the students there are great. The things that they do, one thing that was really important or, like, interesting to me was they have global seminars 
and that's a semester long class. And at the end of the semester, you travel to whatever place you studied. And so maybe you study something niche about France and then you go and um, to France and present there. And so like just things like that are just beyond what I even expected at these schools. Also Penn has the Penn and Washington program where you um visit, you spend a semester in DC. So that's obviously great to me. Penn is a big city. Um, and the, and so I would have access to all that. And then they have um, an interfaith community, which um, was really important. They do advocacy and, and learning together. And yeah, they, they're Black Student Union, I guess, is my cool. So I, I thought it was all great. Ooh, that sounds like a good fit, too. Cool. Okay, now you have my curiosity peaked. I'm like, hmm, wonder what she picked. Okay, so that seems like a good fit. So you leave Philly and then you head um, to New Jersey and Princeton, New Jersey. Okay, tell us about that. So also to mention, um, Barnard had like an official tour and it was like an official programming day. And so I had I did all the things that they had planned for us to do that day. And I got to meet some of the other um, girls that were there. So that was great. And then Penn also was a programming day and information session and tour. But Princeton, I actually missed Princeton's because I went to Penn's the day before. And um, but it was OK because I knew um, a Princeton freshman. And he went to my school last year. And so he showed me around the school and took me inside the buildings. And I loved it. The campus is beautiful. Um, and what I what I said was it really feels like an Ivy as far as like the architecture and the like the vibe of the school. It kind of has this like I, it's exactly what I would expect Harvard to like feel and look like. Um, and these were also my first time visiting any school, so I didn't know what to expect. But um, he took me inside his dorm room. He took me inside um, the cafeterias, inside the libraries. And so I got really an all access pass to the school. Um, and I honestly loved it. And then afterwards I met with his um, RA and he showed me around and he's a public policy major, which is what I want to do at Princeton and an African-American studies mi minor. And so he just told me the research that he's done, the diplomats from around the world that he's had the opportunity to meet, um, the public policy task force where he went to DC and presented his findings um, to, Cong to a Congresswoman. And so Princeton seems like a very academic school. Um, it's not in a big city, which I was wary about because it's in the middle of nowhere and I'm used to hustle and bustle, but it also ended up not being so, um, so bad, I guess. There were things to do, even though it wasn't necessarily an abundance of things. Now, okay, so it feels, sounds like you, you felt the community there and you, you were blessed to, I, I don't know if the, your uh, peer from your high school, is he also African-American? No, he's, he's Asian, he's sorry, he's Asian, but his RA um, is African-American. Right, okay, so you were starting to, and I know that that was super important to you as you stated, and I just happen to know that. So you asked, I'm sure you asked a lot of questions, um, but it didn't fit your criteria for being in a big city, but it sounds like it fit your criteria for all the other things that you, that you're looking for. Okay, all right, so now I, I also think that you had good gut feelings for, I think, both Penn and Princeton, maybe one a little bit more at this point. 
yes, um, before I went, I was really stressed and sad about having to choose a school because it's like you get in and you're in love with them and you're so excited about going. Um, and so it, it almost, it's almost painful to have to like, choosing one school is choosing that school, but it's also denying the great things at all the other schools. And so um, it really made me heartbroken, I guess, but um, each school I went to, Barnard, Penn and Princeton, um, it really helped me to, you know, discern obviously. And, and I really liked Penn and Princeton. Okay, so the, the truth is gonna reveal itself soon because you get back and soon you were gonna turn back around and um, fly to Georgetown. I don't know if they flew you out or whatnot. Now, so how did it feel? You were, Georgetown was your first love essentially. I'm gonna just call it what I, I always say, this is kind of like dating, right? So it's your first love. You kind of asked them for their hand in marriage, you know, in November and, and they said, well, maybe so, you know, and that was heartbreaking. So, you know, you like Penn and, and Princeton. You're feeling like a good feeling there. And now you're saying, okay, I'm gonna get on this plane and go see my true love. And tell us what happened. Yes, they flew me out. Um, it was for another Students of Color event. And um, I love Georgetown. Um, I really do. It is, first of all, in DC, you have access to all the museums. Um, you can really extend your learning outside the classroom. There is, now, obviously the, national government is there so internships and abundance of them um just so there it's limitless as far as diplomacy um and politics and then i really like the way that religion is institutionalized at georgetown you can be as involved in religion as you want so um that means there's religious freedom but that also means that it's not a um like a side part of school, like at other schools, like there's the there's a theology requirement, and there's priests that live, um, you know, in dorms and things like that, and so you they are there and they're known on campus, and so that appealed personally because I want to you know obviously continue practicing my faith, but also I want to study religion non-religiously, and so there's access to that. Um, their black community is very strong. On the last day, we went to um a um an event for an African beauty pageant and fashion show and so I was just blown away it was so well done it was beautiful and to know like that there's a strong presence at the school and then obviously academically it's great there's access to so many things um I'm also interested in language and so there's a language requirement and continuing um my French studies and so Georgetown had everything that I wanted um, in a school, and I and I were and I remembered why I applied early, and I remembered why I wanted to go there so badly. It just blew me away how great it was. Oh my goodness, that's so good. Okay, so it sounds like you really came down to these three, and so I'm gonna just peel the bandaid off. I'm gonna do a little drum roll, and then you're gonna just just tell us what you decided, and then we can sort of backtrack and. and you can say, you know, what was really the one thing that stood out. So drum roll, got my Elvis here. Elvis, it's me and you and Jonna. Okay, Jonna, mm, tell us where you're going. Um, I'll, I'm going to Princeton. <laughs> oh my God, what? <laughs> yes, 
yeah, I wonder what everyone's thinking, and maybe they're surprised. <laughs> Based on everything I said about on, Yeah, based on what you just said, I, I actually, you know, based on what you said, I thought Penn or Georgetown. Yeah. Um, that's what it sounded like. So I'm curious, I'm sure everyone else is curious, what was the thing that threw you over the edge? Or, or how did you even, like you said, you were heartbroken to even have to say no to anybody, um, especially these three. So what was it in the end? So um, obviously I loved all the schools, they're great institutions. Um, but when I was at Princeton, I really had a very strong feeling that this is where I'm supposed to be now. Maybe some people are gonna be like, well, she chose Princeton cause it's the most prestigious and blah, blah, blah. But I think that um, Georgetown is a fit. Like it makes the most sense for me to go there. And so, um, Princeton also wasn't really on my radar. Like at the beginning, I wanted to go to Columbia or Yale. And so I applied to Princeton, um, obviously, but it wasn't a school that I looked at um, intensely. And so um, it really is between Georgetown and Princeton um, because I had this strong feeling that this is where I needed to be. Um, ultimately though, Princeton also gave me great financial aid. Um, much better than Georgetown by a lot. And so that obviously, or that played a very big role for me because um, I need all the money that I can get to go. And um, just so many things about Princeton blew me away um, when, the, when the student was telling me about his experience studying what I want to study. Um, he took me to the eating club, which I don't know if people know what those are, but um, they're the equivalent to frats, although they're not frats. And you, as a junior and senior, you have your meals there and they host all the parties and events and things. And his eating club was, um, had an all black board, which just like blew me away. Cause I don't know how often, or if that has ever happened in Princeton history. And so what? Yeah. I'm in shock right now. Wow. Yeah. Cause these things are very elitist, um, and a very hard to, you know, I don't know, be a part of and things like that. And so my idea of Princeton um, definitely shifted. Another thing that I'll say is everyone that goes to Princeton loves it. You know, like everyone has a great experience and the alumni network at Princeton is so strong. Like the alumni there really go hard for their school. Um, and at the other events that I've had with Princeton, they do all that they can to, um, persuade you to go there and they're not getting paid they have no real benefits for this and so um that is a big factor um and one quick last thing that I'll say is uh it's something I hadn't thought about but something that someone brought up was at Georgetown it competes with Princeton because of government and politics but um you'd be one of many that are doing government and politics whereas at Princeton um you maybe have a, a greater chance of distinguishing yourself because not so much of the school wants to do that. So I wasn't super thinking about that when I was choosing, but also a great point. Okay, wow. There are a couple things I just want to just wrap up um, about Princeton, and then I want you to tell everybody what you you know what comes next for Jana. But um, first of all, I went to visit Princeton on a on a short excursion field trip when I was in New Jersey a couple of years ago. Well, I guess before the pandemic. I was, I too was extremely impressed once I was on the campus. It is beautiful. And one thing that sticks out for me too, for those of you who are watching or listening, um, you may not know, uh, 
that Princeton is, I believe, the only Ivy League that is only focused on undergraduate education. There, you will not find a medical school, a law school, a business school, all these graduate students running around. It is just focused on undergraduate education, which for me, it, it is, it's a big deal um, to, to have that focus and have all of the resources of Princeton that Princeton offers for just undergraduate studies. So there are lots of, plenty of opportunities there. So I do, I do love that and I love that for you. And then I just want you to um, share, um, after you got in, uh, or, or yeah, after you got in, I think you, you said that night or the next day, you went back and you read your essays that you had submitted to all of them. Now, if you remember uh, those who followed all four episodes, I think it was episode um, three, that you said you applied, you submitted your applications to uh, Yale and Columbia really early in the process. Um, it was end of September when you submitted them. Whereas the others, you had time to make those essays just a little bit stronger and keep iterating and iterating. So what happened when you read those, reread your essays um, for those schools? I most loved my essays for Princeton and Penn. Um, and um, also there were notes from you and you just, and each, um, you know, as each essay went along, um, you even noted that they get better and better and that I, I seemed like a great fit for Princeton. And I would just say, I felt that um, I really liked in the, in the, at the time writing them, it was really gruesome to write like seven essays. But when you, um, I feel like it's, they're really trying to get to know you the most and they want to see all facets, facets of you. They're the more lighthearted questions. Um, about your personality and they're the ones that are about community service and about um, asking questions and having dialogue across differences. So I felt, and of course, why you wanna to go to Princeton. And so I felt that I really had the opportunity to show all facets of myself. And I felt that they were the strongest. The essays that I sent to Columbia and Yale um, were great, but there was obvi an obvious difference, especially them being months apart um, and not having that chance to reiterate and those being the first um, applications that I sent in and so I, I saw a huge difference in the quality in them. Um, I guess also vulnerability and personality that was shown in those essays and so um, yeah I think that my essays for Princeton were really great and they helped to distinguish me but also quickly the undergraduate focus was a huge uh, factor in my decision as well for Princeton. Um, to get that individualized attention is so great. Well, I don't think it's a secret that Princeton and I think Princeton, probably Princeton, Harvard, Yale, I guess, all have the highest endowment um, in the world. But when you just take their endowment uh, to student ratio, it's I think Princeton comes out on top of it like by far, and that's that's the very reason. It's just because it's just undergrad. And quickly, I'll say a lot of a major concern that I've heard from like maybe students that go to Harvard is like the professor is so focused on his graduate or their graduate students and their research and the undergrads are just there and they, you know, occasionally have to teach them. And so you're like competing for attention. Um, but at Princeton, every professor teaches undergraduate students. So they know when they're going to signing up to go to Princeton, they are they have to teach these students and that's a part of their job description. And so um, knowing that 
those sorts of things, maybe like research opportunities and helping out with those things, I will have no doubt access to that. Oh, so good. Now, everyone wants to know, I certainly want to know, what is next for Jana? And I love the quote that you live by that is really, your mom tells you, it's really from the Bible, of course, um, but to whom much is given, much is required. And you've really followed that because you knew every year, even since you were young, that you, you had to, to do more. And you have all this village of people who have been championing your dreams, as you said before. So what, what does one do when you've been admitted to one of the most uh, prestigious colleges in the world? What does one do to pay, pay it back or pay it forward? And what will you do? I will continue to take advantage of every um, resource that is made available to me. Um, and, you know, a theme is like, I've done all that I can, but I need Princeton or whatever school, but Princeton to, you know, push me forward. And so um, I, I'm going to study political science, um, but I'm also interested in African-American studies um, and religious studies. I'm really interested in religion and every day I become more and more interested in it. Um, maybe the intersections between religion and politics um, is super interesting to me because um, even things like the Israel-Palestine, you know, conflict is a great example of that, but, um, or the intersection between religion and race. Um, and I want to do research, which is clear at this point, um, internships in DC and elsewhere. Um, but I'm also very open to what Princeton has to offer me. I, um, I, I'm not going to limit myself as far as um, what I will do. And a lot of people say they go into college with this very clear idea and then they completely change. Um, and also after college, I do want to go to law school. And um, so that's a big thing. Maybe not necessarily to be a lawyer, although maybe at first, but I think my law degree will be very important for me to, you know, reach the next stage in life. And I do want to be in public service, um, an advocate, a representative for my community, and um, and also in any ways that I can help other people applying to college because I know it's really hard. So those are some things. But I feel that um, me making it here is also um, other people seeing the fruits of their labor and their investment in me as a student. Now we've got to know what's going to happen. So the, uh, the bottom line is the name of your podcast. You have a season one and you have a season two. I think you're going to, uh, to, uh, you're going to do more episodes, but do you plan on continuing that podcast? Most definitely because there, we talked about this earlier. They're going to be, um, even greater thinkers, um, dreamers, people that have done amazing things by the time they're 18 years old, who have businesses and companies and, um, I'm going to just have access to the future of our nation and our world, the future diplomats and innovator, innovators. And so I will definitely be continuing my podcast. And that's one of the probably one of the uh, things I'm most excited about because um, we're all the, the top of the top just coming like really together. And so I may as well take advantage of my my peers and learn from them. I don't know that we said very clearly in episode two. Uh, the bottom line, the podcast, the bottom line, Jonna's podcast 
you um, spend an hour with different peers, peers uh, talking about um, topics, very heavy topics, in my opinion, for, for someone your age to be talking to. So um, can you give us an example of one of the ones that's maybe one of your favorite episodes so people can go find the, the podcast? Yes, so I talk about race, faith, politics, advocacy, um, and I'll tell you my one of my favorites, but I've talked about, um, you know, unity and solidarity between the Asian and Black community. Um, I've talked about what it means to um, be an African um, in America and, you know, having to deal with that um, hope after the January 6th um, attack, I talked about that incident. Um, I've even talked about black students at HBCUs and PWIs, predominantly white institutions. And so those are the kind of things that I talk about, a range of topics. Um, but one of my favorites is an episode that I had with Daisha and we talked about um, African-American vernacular English, AAVE, and um, what that means for black people to use AAVE in a society that condemns that form of speech, who, um, who they society says that we should all speak mainstream American English, and so we had a conversation about what that the condemnation looks like in the criminal justice system, um, within our families, even um, in school, and so it was such a great episode, and it was when I started to really think about things critically and several layers deep um, about how we're conditioned to think. But something I also love about this episode is that we talked about the N-word and the use of the N-word within Black vernacular. And I felt um, very confident, or not confident, but I felt firm in um, that the N-word should be eliminated. And I understand the historical importance of it in books or in movies, but um, to use it colloquially among, in the Black vernacular, I felt that we shouldn't use that word because of its history, but Daisha felt very certain that the N-word was an innovative way for Black people to change a word that was used to oppress them to a way to unite um, and uplift Black people. And so that's a great example of what my podcast does. We don't always exist. I talk to people from across all political, racial, um, religious backgrounds, but we have conversations and we learn that we can all coexist and even if we don't end up agreeing in the end. And I think that's something our whole nation can kind of take from as well. Well, I've listened to several episodes and I'm always impressed with, you know, um, the, first of all, the research that you do before you, you know what the, you know, you've researched the topic very well. So I'm always super impressed with uh, your questions and, and uh, your guests. So I'm glad you're gonna continue that. And then finally to, uh, I know I'm curious to know, you know, do you, where do you begin? Where does one begin? Do you know how or how to navigate the, the pathway to running for office and even, you know, getting that sort of career path launched? What, what does one do next um, at this point in your life? Um, yeah, so I don't have too many people in my family that, you know, are in politics or in public service. And so maybe in a lot of ways, I'll have to, um, you know, forge my own path. Um, but I really do advocate for myself and I think that I'll have access to Princeton alum, um, and just people that I meet along the way that are more established. And so I haven't necessarily thought about, you know, the exact steps to get there. Um, but like I said, I do want to go to law school 
And the greatest example that I know is Obama. So he started off doing community organizing in Chicago. Um, and so hopefully, I hope to return to Chicago. Um, I love this city. So maybe doing some work there locally and then climbing my way up um, all the way to the national level. Well, okay, so here's my big question is, uh, we know the, Michelle Obama is an alum of Princeton. And so if she is watching this episode right now, what would you like to say to Michelle? Um, so first, um, of course, I'm also a CPS um, graduate, just like Michelle. So really channeling my inner Michelle Obama. Um, but I would just say that I am really someone who is passionate, um, is resourceful, and um, I have a genuine passion for people and for caring. And I, my my unwavering faith um, and God translates to my faith in the government and the ability for humanity to um, do better and for us to have solidarity amongst other people. And so, um, although I may be different from a lot of people, I will continue to act as a bridge between people that are totally different from each other and different from me. And I will continue to um, make space for positive um, conversation and collaboration. And so every opportunity made available to me, I will take advantage of it. And I will see a return on my investment, but so will everyone else that chooses to invest in me as well and in my future. Well, you heard it there, folks. She is going to get a return on her investment, but so will everyone else who invests in her future. So I've asked Jonna to, I've said, you know, Jonna, there's so many people who would like to invest in you. So she's going to put together some kind of wish list or GoFundMe. There's so many expenses that come with college, not just a matter of getting in, but it's a matter of being able to pay for it and all of the accoutrements that come with flying there and um, you know, computers and everything that you need for success. So if you'd like to support Jonna, we'll put a link here below this video. Oh my goodness. To those who, of whom much is given, much is required. And I hope you now have learned in these four episodes that Jonna is not only willing to do what's required of her, she's willing to continue to pay it forward and be that bridge for people around the country and possibly around the world. Jonna, congratulations from uh, the bottom of my heart. And I know so many people who are watching are, have already fallen in love with you, but really, really congrats, congratulations. I'll have to connect you with Kevin Hudson, who will take care of you while you're there. And Asose, who is another one of our uh, alums who is there as well. Thank you so much. And obviously you've been a major um, part in this process, but you were the one that instilled in me to make that declaration known in my application. And so. I think that was a huge part um, and me getting in as well to let it know, to let it be known. I'm going to be the president and you, you, this university, you're, you're going to help me get in there. So get there. So just thank you for, you know, shifting my perspective on this whole process in college and, um, and keeping and having faith in me. You believe that I'm going to be the president, maybe sometimes more than I believe it. So I really appreciate that. Well, thanks for saying that. I really believe that when a student has the audacity, right? We, we use that word. We've used the words courageous and brave, bravery. When students, and they're few, 
there are the, not every single student I come across has that kind of courage to state boldly as a sophomore, as you did, that they want such a big high goal. But when students do, I really look them in the eye and I say, I believe you, because I know that that's coming from a place of real belief and faith like you. So super proud of you. Okay, hang tight. I'm going to wrap up and then we'll wave goodbye. Oh my God. I don't want to say goodbye. I just want to hang out with Jana. Don't you want to just hang out with Jana? Oh my God. Ah, okay. Well, if this episode or if this series has inspired, fueled your confidence and helped to build your dreams, please share this episode with three people in the next 30 minutes. And I would dare say share this episode with 30 people in the next 30 minutes. This was a great mini series within our series. Those of you who are parents, please join us on our Facebook group, Destination University with a Y-O-U, because the destination is not university. The destination is you. And you heard, um, you heard Jana and you've heard other students talk about being a part of SA Camp. So SA Camp is officially open for our uh, summer of 22 series. And there are five SA Camps to join with limited spaces in each of them. So if you're ready to join us in SA Camp, uh, go to drcynthiacolon.com forward slash essay camp. And there are several packages, different packages that you can choose from depending on your budget. Be sure to follow me um, at Dr. Cynthia Colon on Facebook, Instagram. You can find me on YouTube and also follow me on LinkedIn. That's all I have for you today. 30 teens, 30 dreams, Destination University. All right, Jonna, wave goodbye. Oh my gosh. I wish I had like, the, I don't know what the fight song is for Princeton, but all right. Wherever you are, may you have a happy and sunny day. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening this week to Destination University. Be sure to join Dr. Cynthia Colon again and get one step closer to your success. 